You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyle. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And as you all know, this is a podcast where we talk all about the wife-sharing lifestyle, be it cuckolding, hot-wifing, and with a little dose of uh, the interracial lifestyle thrown in as well. I have a a really interesting guest lined up for today in that she occupies a space that people are aware of, but there's very little knowing about it, and I'm going to do everything I can to explore as much of that as I possibly can today, and that is, uh, she is a cuck queen, and for those of you who are not aware, uh, I guess in layman's terms, a cuck queen is like the female version of a cuckold, and we're going to get all into that, so let, uh, without any further ado, let me introduce Taylor. Hello, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> Why don't you say hi to all my listeners? Hi, everyone. <laughs> now, um, I know that you said you've been a listener of mine, but I, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you, albeit brief. Um, I did have the pleasure of meeting you um, at Splash in Atlanta last month. You know, so yes. uh, we did actually get to meet face to face, which was really cool. And I was glad to see that you, you know, were able to come out and enjoy yourself and everything like that. So, as I stated, you occupy that space in this lifestyle of that of a cuck queen. And like I said, there's very, very, very little uh, known about that. And so from talking to you, I understand, and I'm just going to kind of give a brief overview and then I can have you kind of go into and kind of flesh it out a little bit more for us. But from what I understand from talking to you, your journey was first and foremost, you were a submissive. You know, not a switch at all. Mm-hmm. You were submissive. And yeah. somehow cuckolding, you know, came into your life. And you kind of were dabbling in that for a little while. And through that and seeing what the cuck was subjected to, it clicked something in your brain that was like, oh, I want to be in that position. And that's what kind of yeah. opened this door to cuck queening. So can you kind of take my listeners kind of just on that journey of discovering your submissiveness, how it led to cuck holding, and then how it eventually led to you discovering um, the fact that you are, in fact, a cuck queen? Okay. Um, so I realized I was a submissive back when I was 18, 19 years old. I had a dom for a really long time while I was in a long-term relationship and over the years as I kind of evolved in my sexuality as a whole I got into a situation where I topped a man and got to peg him and I went on this whole journey thinking that I could possibly be a switch that I had only explored this one side and 
through that, I got into a relationship that was an odd dynamic. It was a triad with two men and one was a cuck and one was his partner. And I acted as a female bull for them, like on two occasions. And through what I was doing, it did click that I wanted what the cuck was getting. It was not, the experience was arousing for me, but not from the perspective of what I was doing to him, but in the perspective that I wanted that done back to me. I wanted everything I was giving him. And that's where it kind of clicked that, no, I, this is my submissiveness takes uh, priority mm-hmm. and it, it definitely goes into my very heavy degradation and kink and specifically um more of the controversial race play aspects because that was definitely something that was involved in that relationship as well. Um, So I would say that's pretty much what started all of this. Okay. So let me ask you this. What, just to kind of give my listeners an idea, what is it that you were seeing? What is it that you were experiencing that led you to say to yourself, Oh, I want that. I want to be in that position. Like what things kind of jumped out at you and and resonated with you that made you want to be in that position? Denial. Denial is probably the biggest thing that comes to mind. Um, Denial of giving someone pleasure, denial of receiving pleasure, denial of orgasm. That was a big aspect of me being in a DS relationship Mm -hmm. prior to this and then giving that to someone the way that I wanted my, my denial to be given to me, if that makes any sense. Um, That type of denial is what I wanted that not very many people have been able to achieve. Mm-hmm. in the way that I desired it. So myself being part of denying someone else really clicked with me in that this is what I need. Um, that was probably the biggest aspect that really made it click that that was what I wanted. Okay, so... As I said, uh, not a lot of people are aware of of cut queening, and there aren't a tremendous amount of resources out there on the on the subject just yet. So, how did you learn that? Okay, this is actually a thing. Like this thing that I'm feeling actually has a name, and that there are people who are living this. Like, how did that? come about that you actually were able to figure out that because did you know about it before you had the feeling or did you have the feeling first and then found out it was a thing I knew it was a thing um simply because I was aware of cuckolding as a whole Mm -hmm. so like I knew that there was a female equivalent it just was one of those things I never thought about I never thought that 
I knew the name of it. I just never put much thought into it until I would say that it was a discussion in your Discord right when I first joined. And that was when it kind of clicked that I could call myself a cup queen, that I identified with that. But I would say that there, because the only information really out there is very fantasy based. Mm-hmm. It's very cheesy porn um, type information out there, uh, if you want to even call it information. So I would say that that made me apprehensive from even claiming that label as my own because it felt like it was so saturated with fantasy Mm -hmm. and it I don't know I would say that I really started to consider myself one and really started to explore the real life or real people in the online cut cleaning community fairly recently like it was probably at the beginning of this year that I really it really clicked with me that there are women that feel the same way but they lack the language they lack the knowledge that this reversal of cuckolding exists Mm-hmm. So, I guess it goes without being said that even though you have no desire to be in a cuckold type of dynamic yourself, that there's a certain amount of, I guess the word is kinship, that you feel with them and understanding um, what they think and what they feel and what they want to experience. Like, is that the case with you at all? Absolutely. I would say that's why I came to the cuckolding community because there's there's so many more real people that talk about their real experiences. Sure, I may not know what it's like to be a male in long-term chastity, but if, if that's your thing, but I understand the feelings that come with denial. I understand, I relate to the feelings of all different aspects of the dynamic, despite being in the reverse. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a much larger community than cut queening. It's a much there's a lot more information. There's a lot of different perspectives that come out of the community that just simply don't exist otherwise. So absolutely. That's why I'm here. Like, because I did connect with so many of the things that people were talking about, specifically cuts were talking about on 
your podcast, on other podcasts, on other forms of media, Twitter especially. So, yeah, most definitely. Okay, now to the to the untrained, you know, you hear about, um, you know, like if you ask most people, vanilla people, what they know about cuckolding, it would be a, a very basic, like, oh, that's where the wife gets to play and the husband doesn't, right? The husband gets off watching his wife with other men. And so yeah. there are probably people who think, oh, okay, so the reverse is, oh, okay, you mean I get to be with a woman and I get to fuck all I want, and she's turned on by that. Like, I think that's a very, very basic, you know, way of looking at it and not really understanding the uh, the complexities of it that are involved as far mm-hmm. as, it's in other words, it's not as simple as that. You yeah. Know? So, again, being that a lot of my listeners are probably not familiar with it or maybe only familiar with the term, can you kind of explain a little bit more about those complexities? Like, what is it, you know, when you fantasize about this, when you think about this, when you envision yourself in this type of dynamic, what does it look like? Like, how does that partner in your life treat you? What are, what are you subjected to? Hmm. That's a difficult question because I have a lot of other dynamics that come into play. Um, your your dynamic is your own. So, I mean, there's, I guess that's the benefit <laughs> of, of having something that hasn't really been explored is that you have free reign, you know, to just say, this is how it is for <laughs> me. So there's, there's, there's no, you know, the, 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 the roadmap hasn't been laid out yet, you know, so you, you kind of have the, ability to kind of paint your own scene. So as far as how it pertains to you, Mm -hmm. what would you like to experience or what does it mean for you or, or how do you envision your, this actually working? Um, That's a good question. (laughs) I, I don't know if I've completely thought that out. Um, Cause there's a lot like I, it definitely is more than just being turned on at watching a male partner fuck other women. Right. Uh, so, and I would say that it does go back to, for me specifically, a lot of my really deeply ingrained kinks at this point, which is, a lot of the denial, a lot of the humiliation, degradation mm-hmm. aspects. And so um, I would say that that is what what drives me the most in being a cut queen is that type of dynamic of being I don't know exactly how to put it because it's, it's something I think about a lot, but I never put into words Mm -hmm. necessarily. Just, I can, I just, I know what I want. (laughs) um, uh, I would say those are kind of 
the, the driving forces behind me being a cut queen, which I mean, I know that there are plenty that it simply is just the watching aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not where mine is. Mine is, I want someone to have that type of control, which goes into me being a submissive, uh, just because I enjoy seeing someone else receive pleasure Mm -hmm. no matter what I feel in that moment. And it it kind of goes into, I want to call it like, unlike cuck angst, I have submissive angst. Um, I don't like not being able to please someone or someone receiving pleasure that I'm not giving them from someone that I know is not as submissive as I am and would not give in as much as I would. So like there's this angst factor that is a bit different than just a angst. So that is a huge thing for me. And that would be a really big thing in what I envision my dynamic my ideal dynamic would be. Okay. So let me, let me ask you, cause you, you, you brought this up a few times already and I kind of would like to explore it with you and to, you know, give my listeners an inside peek. Tell it, tell me more about your, your interest in degradation, like what that means to you, how you, how you learned about it. Like, we we're, we've all been exposed to different things, and some things we're exposed to they immediately turn us off, and some things we're we're exposed to we know that wait this should turn me off, but it's turning me on. Like why why is that kind of thing? Um, so for you, when did you start realizing that that was a a hot button for you? And I, I remember you actually shared the story with me, so I kind of want you to kind of retell it to my my listeners because I think it's a very interesting story. So I think that it was always kind of something I played around with, but it wasn't anything, not to the degree that it is now. It it was just every scene or two, you know, there would be the name calling, the, the basic, like the spicy vanilla name calling, if you will. Um, so that's where it started, and that was all fine and good. But I, the moment that really made it click was after um, my now ex and I opened our relationship. One of the first people that I had a play day with was um, a black man that I went to high school with, and. Um, he, we matched on Tinder and we, I had to work over the weekend. So I made him wait three days mm-hmm. to meet up with me. And so I get to his house and he grabs me by the throat and throws me onto his bed. And he says, this is what you get for making me wait three days, you stupid white bitch. 
and it was a slip. He did. He had no idea whether or not that was that was. He was like, "I'm so used to it. This is, you know, you told me that you were cool with some of this." He <laughs> he felt really bad to begin with, and I was like, "My pussy has never been wetter." <laughs> uh, it was It was. I was absolutely just. That was when it clicked that there was something there that I didn't know I needed. And um, from there, it kind of went uphill in the sense that it just escalated to it being something that I don't think I can be sexually satisfied without in most cases. So, yeah, that's, it, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's like I often say, uh, you know, I always say that, you know, a hard dick never lies, and the, the opposite <laughs> is true, and that a, a wet pussy never lies. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's trying to tell us something. So was that the moment that it kind of crystallized? Like, okay, there's no mistaking it now. This is... Yeah. This, this doesn't Oh, most me. definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Now I'm 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 curious being that you are a a submissive first and everything kind of emanates from that. Mm-hmm. Does it have one of the things that I've learned in, in dealing with women that are submissive is it's kind of a fine line between letting your partner know what you're into and what you like, but yet you don't want to feel like you're topping from the bottom. You know, it's like you, you, in other words, one of the things that I've learned in, in, in being a dom is number one, being inquisitive is a really strong asset to have, you know, uh, not being afraid to hear the word no. You know, um, having the desire to try different things, and understanding that you you're you're it's like you're constantly moving the the, the goalpost. You're constantly pushing the envelope. Like, okay, well, let's try this and let's try that. And okay, how about this? So, with you enjoying that, how much? do you feel you should tell your partner what you enjoy versus how much you feel as though you should give them like parameters like, Hey, I'm open to this and have them kind of being the ones kind of driving it along and and moving it forward so that you feel like you are at their mercy as opposed to them just reading the script that you've provided them. If that makes sense. Um, so there is a fine line and I wouldn't say that I've necessarily found the balance there. Um, but I make it a general rule that I'm fairly upfront about what I do and do not enjoy specifically when it comes to my main interest. Um, 
I I would say that I don't I don't necessarily give a script. I explain that whatever you think that you you specifically with degradation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I most people I've been with, I tell them that if whatever you're thinking about doing, do it times ten, and it's probably still not enough for me. So, like, do it times ten, and we'll go from there. And because, to be honest, it's one of those things that even when people say that they've had partners that were interested in it, most have a very clear line of what is and isn't okay. They have specific words that can't be used or specific actions or, you know, they draw a very clear line of what is and isn't okay. I have yet to reach that line. I have not had anything done or said that took me out of what I what was going on and made me red. Mm-hmm. Like I, I <laughs> that's not happened. So and I'm upfront and honest about that, that whatever you want to do you're probably not going to cross that line. And I make that fairly clear. So I don't give a script. I don't, I don't, I don't even tell them my favorites. I let them have that moment of realization on their own. Um, but I would say going into that on the more controversial side, I am very upfront and honest that race play is a very, very huge thing for me when it comes to specifically verbal degradation mm-hmm. aspect. So that I, I do make that very clear. Um, and that's probably as much of topping from the bottom as I get uh, in that I make it very clear what I want when it comes to that. Other than that, I would say that I I let I let my partners have free reign mm-hmm. for the most part. I, I, I tell them what I can and from there I let them figure it out on a what works for us basis. Okay. And I'm and I'm um, I'm guessing that that probably plays into uh, the arousal in itself and knowing that they have free reign. Yes. You know, knowing that, hey, I'm here for whatever. Unleash your desires on me. Yes. You know. I, I will add. Go ahead. No, no, please finish. I I was just going to say that I will add that the only other thing that I make explicitly clear is that I am a slut and that I I am not monogamous in that sense. 
that that is the only other thing that I will not be at the the happiest I can be in a relationship if that is not an aspect. If me being loaned out is not an aspect in the relationship, then I that's the only other thing that I make explicitly clear. Mm-hmm. You're not a one man uh, type of woman. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> good for you i mean it's 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 good to to know these things up front and like you said to be very clear with the person that you're dealing with that because i guess most people again because there's not a lot of information out there and just like how we say with cuckolding like there's more than one way to do it like there is not a single blueprint for how to cuckold it's the same holds true for cuck queen like there are some women out there who I'm sure like being faithful to their partner while he has the freedom to be with whomever he chooses. That's one way of doing it. Whereas with you, your way of doing it is, uh, yes, I'm submissive. Yes, I'm a cuck queen, but don't lose sight of the fact that I'm also a slut. I enjoy being used. I crave being used you know, by more than one man. So if you're going to deal with me, understand that that's going to be a part of this. And if it's done correctly, like if he's paying attention to how you're wired, that can be extremely gratifying to you because there's so much there to play with on the degradation side. Yes. And I I would say that the being submissive and being a slut go hand in hand with me because being used is what I want. Mm -hmm. And so being loaned out, borrowed, uh, (laughs) whatever terminology you want to use, um, that is a huge thing for my submission because I'm, doing it for my partner to for their own pleasure. Like that's what I want. So yeah, it doesn't go with the typical perception of cucks, cut queens being, you know, only with their partner, if with their partner at all, if they're, you know, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I I definitely don't fit that typical perception what of is, Cut Queen. There's so little of it out there. I don't think there even is a typical <laughs> perception of, <laughs> of it yet. I, I think that, that, that's fair. Um, but I will say that that is generally the plot point when it comes to fantasy type posts and erotica and porn. So, which is about all we have um, right now. So, Well, you're changing that. You know, this is a, a step in, in, in changing that. You know, that was why I, I, I wanted hope- to have you on to, to- – share your story is because I know that there's not a lot out there and I'm sure that you know like you there are women out there who are struggling you know trying to figure this out you know and listening to you is 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 going to help them um 
one thing I've, I've, I forgot to mention in the beginning to kind of give this all some context, I forgot to ask you how old you are. I am 23. Okay. So just to kind of give people a timeline, how long have you been in this headspace as far as, you know, admitting to yourself that, okay, this is what I want. This is the path that I want to walk as far as being a cuck queen. I would say that it clicked at the end of January mm-hmm. of this year. So, but I had been drawn to the cuckold lifestyle since probably August of last year. Mm -hmm. That's when my interest really picked up. Um, And I believe that was around the time that I started listening to your podcast. So thanks. Uh, (laughs) That was definitely... (laughs) That was definitely kind of the the thing that kind of pushed me to at least look into it. And then by the end of January of this year, that's when it all made sense. Okay. So have you had what I guess you would consider to be uh, your first cut queen experience yet where you were dealing with somebody who got it and who understood how your mind worked and kind of was able to play in that playground yes i did uh just a few weeks ago okay now as i said you know we got to meet face to face albeit briefly we got to meet face to face at splash so i'm going to ask did it happen at splash it did not it happened um, either right before or right after. I can't quite remember the timeline there. Splash kind of got my uh, mental calendar uh, mixed <laughs> up. <laughs> so was it in the sense of, was there another woman involved or was it involving you being shared? Actually, it was um, with a long-distance partner, mm-hmm. and um, he is a bull for a couple. She is a black woman, and her cut is a white man, mm-hmm. and my partner was obviously black, and um, me and... Her husband were both not at the same place that they were, so they video called both of us, and so it was a very interesting experience. Wow, it Um, sounds like it was. It was. It was. I can see the visual right now. Both of you kind of sitting there (laughs) on your perspective, on your respective screens. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> it, uh, it was definitely a very good first experience. It was a very intense first experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
it was coming from every direction. You know, seeing him being in the same situation I'm in, and then seeing them, and we watched them have dinner and watch their conversation while we weren't there. Like it was, it started that way before anything else started happening. Mm-hmm. It was just them eating dinner and having drinks after dinner. And it was, it was a very intense experience. Sounds like there was definitely like a, a buildup and yes. kind of like a, like a slow burn uh, kind of thing. It really was. And so after that, was your mindset pretty much like, did that, not that it wasn't locked in before, but things are always different when we kind of have a notion about something and we have an idea or a theory. And then we kind of put that theory to the test and then it's confirmed. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's official now. Like I, I thought it, I tinkered with it. I tried it. I got the exact feeling and response that I was looking for. So it's it's locked in now. Like you can throw away the key. Like this is never ever ever changing. Did you have that feeling after the experience? Absolutely, absolutely. The experience was even more than what I thought I would get out of it. So yes, it definitely it confirmed everything that. I thought I would feel, thought, you know, it could be, if anything, it exceeded that. And yeah, it's definitely not something I'm walking away from anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is I, you know, I've been around this for a long time and, you know, you know, husbands are always reaching out to me, like, well, how do I explain this to my wife? And even with something like cuckolding, where there's all of these different resources out there, I see the different struggles that men have sometimes in trying to in- explain the entire concept of, of what this is. For you, have you found yourself in that situation yet? Or if not, have you thought about how am I even going to explain this to somebody how I think? Like, has that crossed your mind at all? Um, I feel like, and it may be just the pool that I'm dipping into for potential, uh, just people that I talk to in general, people that have came to me. It may just be the pool that I'm working with here. But... I would say that I've not had too many issues trying to explain it when I explain it in the context of myself and what I want and coming from being a submissive first. I feel like people kind of get where where I'm coming from and what I what it means to me. I wouldn't say that if I came from it as a generic, you know, dictionary definition standpoint, that people would get it, that people would understand where I'm coming from. 
if I tried to not give it in the context of my specific situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily helpful, but I, I have not had the issue of people not getting it or at least not understanding at all. They at least understand the basics of how I feel and what that label means to me. I know. um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying if that makes any sense. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's interesting and I'm, I'm going to try to tie all, all of this together, so hopefully it'll, it'll make sense. Because I'm, I'm simultaneously thinking about three different things. I did an episode, uh, a Bull Roundtable episode, and um, it was with Pagan and Dimitri. And uh, yeah. we were talking about race play. And Pagan mm-hmm. was talking about how uh, cathartic it is to give yourself permission to go there, you know, to kind of uh, let go of all those societal, societal restraints and kind of go to that primal place. Um, so that's the one thing that I'm thinking about. The other is one of the things that I talk to a lot of wives who are, you know, kind of beginning their cuckold journey. And one of the things that they struggle with is, the humiliation aspect of it. Like that's really hard because it, it seems mean to them. And obviously this is their, their husband, their best friend, their life partner, the father of their children. And even though they know that it's something that, that he really enjoys, it's a difficult transition for them to make, to be able to go there. And the way that kind of ties into you, what you were saying earlier about how you kind of set things up with uh, the uh, degradation fantasies that you have is, excuse me, you say that, you know, set it, let, let's start at 10 <laughs> and go from there. You know, so I would imagine that, you know, just trying to get into my own head about, you know, what it's like to deal with a woman who enjoys degradation. It's something that I've done before, so I'm speaking from a place of experience. It's much like those wives have to do. It's much like um, what happens when you get into race play where you have to kind of unlock that part of your brain that says this isn't right and kind of allow yourself to go to that place. You know, much like uh, when you see a great actor who's playing a role that is so vile, you know, but yet they play the role mm-hmm. so well, because let's be honest, it is a bit of acting, you know, cause you don't really believe mm-hmm. these things, you know, like, but yet mm-hmm. you have to sell it and make it convincing and, you know, yes. in, in the moment. And, and so what it makes me think about with you is I guess the gratification that can come when you're with a guy and you see him able to go to that place, which in turn feeds you 
gives you what you crave, gives you what you desire. And knowing that he was able to kind of let go and be, be in that moment with you. Like you said, the guy that did it the first time, he said something, and his initial reaction was to apologize. Like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, my bad. You know, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. But your reaction was like, oh, no, please do it more. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you know, so it, I, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting because, as you said, you're kind of still at the beginning of your journey. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting you know, when you are in that situation where the person you are with is able to totally go there and exceed your expectations and, and you know, treat you in a way, you know, that feeds your spirit. And one thing that it makes me think of kind of relaying my own uh, personal experience is it's going to be interesting the first time you're in that dynamic and you're in front of someone who is not aware because I found myself in a similar situation where my slave has, you know, uh, not to your degree, but she enjoys degradation. And we were at a party and, you know, I was in full blown, like I was in the moment. You know, I'm saying all kinds of vile stuff to her and she's loving it and she's getting fucked and I'm calling her all kinds of names and everything like that. And right at that moment, um, another woman came to the party. So she walks in the room right as I'm saying that. In other words, she knows nothing about our dynamic. She knows nothing about who we are. She just sees a man talking to a woman like that. And, you know, I had a, I had a conversation with her you know, several parties after this. But I remember her reaction was, she told me, she was like, I didn't like you when I first saw you. You know, like, it it, it totally turned her off for the majority of that party. Because, like I said, she thought I was just a random guy talking to a random woman that way without knowing the context. So I bring that up to say, it's going to be interesting to see how other people are going to react to that when you're in that moment, or have you found yourself in that situation yet? I, I have definitely found myself in an accidental situation like that on a couple of occasions. Um, there was one time I went to a casual get together with a friend of mine that we were folk buddies or whatever, right around the time that I kind of started all this. So maybe February or so, I guess. Um, and we we do scenes together on occasion. He fills in as a top on at certain parties and stuff. And uh, I was with him, and it was mostly some of his friends. And um, they didn't quite know to the extent that we played. Um, and I was sitting at his feet while they were watching a game or something and he 
casually pushed me over and put his foot on my face and held me to the floor. Mm-hmm. Just pause. And the looks that we both got <laughs> by a bunch of men that were just like, are you sure she's okay with that? <laughs> um, uh, the looks were, I mean, I couldn't even keep a straight face at a couple of them. Like I was, I, you know, I'm being smothered into the floor and I'm trying not to laugh because I got a glance at one of our mutual friends that looked terrified. <laughs> like, what are you doing this is how things go wrong are you sure this is okay <laughs> like, like do you have consent <laughs> yeah it was uh it, it was definitely an amusing experience i haven't had anything with like verbal stuff yet but that that's definitely something I think about on occasion and I'm just like the looks on their faces were priceless. Like it was, it was really funny. Uh, I feel bad, but no, it's, it's no, I I get it. You know, and and just wait until it's going to happen at some point where there's going to be a woman present. And, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've literally had people pull my slave into a bathroom at a party and try to rescue her. You know, like you don't, you don't have to subject yourself to this. You can come on with us. You know, he shouldn't be treating you like that. And, you know, and it kind of makes you chuckle because it's like, well, I didn't just walk up and club her over the head and drag her back to my house and, you know, forcing her to live in chains, you know, like this is, this is what we do. You know, you may not understand it, And that's cool if you don't understand it, but don't look at us as though we're doing something wrong. Like this is what we both like, you know? And so I, I know what's coming (laughs) and it's just going to be interesting to have that conversation with you down the line after you've kind of experienced that to hear what your, to hear what your experiences are with it. Because it can be jarring. It can be jarring to people, you know? And I, That's why I have been apprehensive to do specific things in like public place settings because I know that it can be, um, just not something people are used to seeing, even if they acknowledge that like, okay, it's, it seems like this is a consensual thing you can just tell that they're still like they're having the, but is it really conversation in their own head? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. And I acknowledge that. So I do try to tone myself down uh, around people that don't know that to the extent that I'm into certain things. And so I, um, yeah, I, I know that at some point it's going to happen. And I just, I hope that it's not anytime soon. Because I just, <laughs> I don't do conflict like that. And that would just set me off. Because 
believe it or not, I'm actually an extremely quiet person. And uh, I don't deal with conflict very well. And that would that would set my brain off into fight or flight mode and, uh, or recede into being completely speechless mode and just not knowing what to do. <laughs> so I, I can, I can definitely imagine now on the flip side of that much, you know, like you already described and what you've experienced, even though it was, it was virtually, it was still, you know, a very powerful experience for you. I look forward to hearing when you actually get to live that out in, in real time. Like in my mind, like I'm picturing you, you know, like I know cuckold couples where I know some that kind of dabble in the humiliation and I know some that go, they're like, they're like all in for it. Like, you know, like <laughs> she knows that he loves it. He knows that she loves doing it to him. He's like, do your worst. And she's like, oh, I'm going to give you more than my worst. And they're just in that special place together. It's fun to imagine what that would look like with you and your partner and seeing you and this cuck with all of this humiliation going on, you know, coming from your, you know, from your dom, coming from her, you know, being subjected to all of this and seeing you being in the presence of a cuck who is also feeding off of it the same way that you're feeding off of it you know <laughs> being being that I'm such a an energy person I'm just trying to visualize what that energy would feel like in that room when everybody's kind of in that zone I hopefully will have that experience very soon. I have <laughs> several things in the works. Uh, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I, it, the, the video call was such a, an intense experience for me. It just, set me over the edge really like it just it absolutely was one of the best experiences I've ever had I don't know I like I've jokingly said that I'm a little scared about how good a, a real life in-person experience is going to be because of the energy factor like it's going to if it's half as good as my first experience is, it will still be a life altering experience. Like that's just, and I'm very excited for it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, me along with the rest of my listeners are, are definitely cheering for you. And um, I, I obviously, you know, I always try to be mindful of the time and everything. But I definitely would love to do an after party episode with you where the questions are submitted by my listeners because I know people would have a lot of questions for you because there's so much yeah, there's so much curiosity about this topic, you know, and I know that, you know, right now we're only scratching the surface of it. 
you know, like I know <laughs> that there are a lot of women out there who feel what you feel. They just haven't figured it all out yet. You know, because it's it it comes with its own unique set of challenges as far as society mm-hmm. and pressure and views, you know, like I'm sure that there's a a part that feels like not that you're betraying the movement, so to speak, but it's like I know that there are women out there who have their own idea of how things should be and they would look at this situation as taking several steps back. You know what I'm saying? Because there was a time where people were treated like this, whether they wanted it or not, you know, and where it wasn't Mm -hmm. consensual, where it was just ignorance and, and just, just, you know, vile human beings treating their partners this way, you know, Mm -hmm. so I, I know that there's a lot to overcome for women to, come to the realization that this is what they enjoy and that they can be happy you know being this way Mm -hmm. and wanting other people other women to be happy for them like be happy that I found what I like it might not be what you like but be happy that I found my own brand of happiness yes I've definitely already experienced that more so on the online community, but also different areas of the kink community is extremely judgmental towards a lot of what I'm into. So I, I definitely have experienced that and understand where women that are apprehensive in expressing their desires, whether it be cup wing or whether it be a degradation kink, come from in, and, and I, I get that. It, it has been a difficult journey when it comes to finding other women specifically that get it. So. Well, hopefully you found some solace you know, in the community and in, in acceptance. Um, I mean, it, it took me, it, it took me a minute. I definitely met a lot of resistance. It's why I'm not very active in my local like kink community. And I've been drawn more to the acceptance I found within the like, specifically hot wife cuckold. Some, aspects of the swinger lifestyle as a whole like that end of the community has been a lot easier to find people that kind of understand or if they don't understand they're just like you live your best life the way that you want to live it um where when I first started this and I went to local communities, that's not what I was met with. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a lot to get here, but I've found my spot. I've found my place. And it's it's been a good time. Well, it's definitely possible to find people that are out there that get it. No, and it's 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 
you know, it's been great for me to watch you kind of enter this community and, and see how everyone has kind of, you know, uh, accepted you with open arms, you know, and encouraged you. And, you know, it'll be cool for people to hear your own story, you know. And, uh, you know, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for, for coming on and, and, and talking about this. Um, expect your feed to blow up because so many people are curious about this. So this will, this will not be the last podcast that you will be on, I, I assure you. Um, you have a lot of people wanting to talk to you because it's always been talked about, but, you know, people have been finding trouble finding somebody willing to talk about it. So, yeah, your your feed is going to blow up. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you, Taylor, oh, for, for coming on and, and, and sharing your story with my listeners. Like I said, I definitely would love to have you back to kind of do a – a listener driven, you know, episode where they can kind of submit questions yeah. for you to, to answer. So we'll have to set up a date and time for that. Um, anything you'd like to say to the people out there listening right now, uh, women specifically, um, you have the floor. Uh, well, do, do you, um, find yourself the way that you need to find yourself? What, no matter what that looks like, to you or to others, it, it really do what makes you happy. Like that's literally it. Don't don't be discouraged by the lack of information. Don't be discouraged by the lack of understanding from others. Make the label your own. That's it. That's all that matters. No, that that's um, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and thank you. I definitely would not be here or have an opportunity to potentially reach even one person that this may give some enlightenment to. Um, you've done a lot for me, and I appreciate it. Well, it, it, uh, the, the, the pleasure has, has been all mine, Taylor. Really, it really has. You know, anybody that's been helped by this, I, I, will, I will eternally be humbled by it. You know, even though I set out to help people, it's still overwhelming when you find out that you are actually helping people. You know, so uh, with that being said, uh, before I let you get out of here, I want to give a special shout out to my Patreon supporters. Uh, there are too many of you to name by name, but you know who you are. You all know how near and dear you are to my heart because I would not be able to do this if it were not for your continued support. So, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all my Patreon supporters. If you are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I always say, maybe this will be the episode to convince you to want to become one, to want to see me continue what I'm doing and promoting this lifestyle and, and, and bringing positivity to it and just sharing all of these wonderful, fascinating stories with you. So with that being said, I'm your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. Oh, and before I let you get out of here, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that you are on Twitter. How can my people find you on Twitter? I am at Satin Dolly Pop. So it's S-A-T-I-N-D-O-L-L-I-P-O-P. -L -L um, and I'm trying to be more active. 
<laughs> I'm trying. Now, I know you mentioned uh, to me that you're also on FetLife. Do you want to share your FetLife ID as well? It is It is the exact same. Okay. It's so, also at Satin Dolly Pop. Okay. And one more time for my listeners, that's Satin Dolly Pop, S-A-T-I-N-D-O-L-L-I-P-O-P. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Taylor, very much for, for coming on and, and sharing your story. And I look forward to seeing what the reception is to this. I know it's going to be met with a lot of interest. And uh, you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you. You too. Thank you. All right. And I'm your host, Michael C., signing off. And I will see you when I see you. Peace. <laughs>